0: Hey there, and welcome to the sermon podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Friends, welcome to week three of our series. It's called Unshakable Faith. We're talking during January about how to turn setbacks into comebacks. We're talking about how to get through the difficulties, the hardships of life with resilience and with faith in Christ. I'm so pleased with the energy and the conversation that I have sensed around this series. Several of you have said to me, gosh, you know, this really touched a nerve for me, for people I love. Um, And I think it resonates because every single person knows what it's like to go through hard times. There's not a person in the world who has uh, missed uh, living through one storm or another. Uh, In fact, some of you are going through it right now. And so I praise God for the timing of these messages. Um, You may know we plan the messages usually August, the year before um, so it's God's working through the preaching and through the listening for you to hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Um, and if you missed the first couple of sermons in the series, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to them or watch them on YouTube or on the website. Uh, these are ways you can access, uh, through YouTube, the website or the podcast app. How many of you have a podcast app on your smartphone? I commend this to you. I love a podcast app. I listen to a lot of different podcasts, um, but you can listen to me (laughs) while you're mowing the lawn or on your way to work or while you're hanging out with your grandkids or whatever. And if you want the video, fine, but if you'd want just the audio, check out the podcast app. It is there for you. Uh, So let me remind you kind of where we've been the past two weeks. In week one, we said that resilience means bouncing back from disruption. It happens when we endure hardship in life with faith, with looking to the Lord and trusting for God to bring us through what is difficult. Uh, We said that resilience is toughness plus flexibility, that toughness and flexibility together make for a resilient faith. That was week one. Then last week, General Robert Dees, Bob Dees, challenged us to be less like eggs and more like tennis balls right? Because eggs are fragile. Eggs are easily damaged. You crack an egg and it is broken forever. Eggs are also expensive. Have you noticed this? (laughs) Man, it's crazy. I accidentally dropped an egg on the kitchen floor last week and now my kids can't go to college. (laughs) Um, But eggs are fragile, right? And you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, But tennis balls are not. Tennis balls are resilient, right? Tennis balls are made, designed to bounce back, and you can use them over and over again. They are tough and flexible. Tennis balls are resilient. So General Deeds reminds us, be like a tennis ball. So I was watching some football this week. Anybody watch football? Yeah? Any Georgia fans in the house? Congratulations, Georgia fans. This is your, your moment. What a game. Um, Do you know they broadcast the game on at least one channel with no commentators? Have you guys seen this? It was amazing. It was the best thing ever. It was just the sounds of the game and nobody yapping. or. Um, but I guess I got bored or whatever cause I changed the channel and then I looked, I saw a different version of the broadcast that was featuring the guys from the Pat McAfee show, which is a, a podcast, this goofy guy. Um, I, he tells some funny stories and you know, disclaimer, he's, there's some, um, you know, colorful language in it. So that's my disclaimer. But anyway, they had a guest on, on the broadcast, this guy named Tim Tebow. And uh, Tim Tebow, you may know, is a college football legend and a notable follower of Jesus. And so Tim came on the air, and TCU was already down by a couple touchdowns at this point. And they said, Tim, okay, let's say you were the coach of TCU. What would you say to your team right now in this situation? And without missing a beat, he said, you know, you have the opportunity for one of the greatest comebacks in the history of football. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then he said this. He said, you can't have a comeback without a setback. You can't have a comeback without a setback. Isn't that brilliant? You can't have a beginning to something new without the ending of something old. You can't have a a way to get back up unless first you fall down. You can't have a fresh start without first getting dirty, and you can't have a resurrection unless you die, which means, friends, which means, if you are walking through the storm right now, if you are in facing some hardship in your life right now, you are in the exact right place for God to do His best work in your life. Because it's when you are weak that God is strong. It's when you are lost that God is finding you, and God is using you to bless you and to bless other people around you. Let's look at what the Bible says about these things, okay? We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 43, and Christina read it for us. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. So if you have your Bible, follow along or follow along on the screen as I read. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Friends, here's the good news. Yes, we are Under the water of stress in our lives, yes, the fire of persecution is hot. Yes, depression is consuming and anxiety troubles our hearts and grief feels like a heavy blanket around us. But the good news is that God is with you. God is with you. You And when you go through the storms of life, I want you to know without a doubt that God walks with you. Now what we're talking about during this series is the idea that you and I can access that strength and that mercy from God who is present with us in our weakness to develop the spiritual muscle that we are calling Resilience. Resilience is a spiritual muscle, and like any other muscle, friends, the way it gets strong is by exercising it, right? By practicing faith in the Lord in tough times, by being tough and flexible even in the midst of difficulties in your life. I love what the 23rd Psalm says about this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Because God is with me, friends. This is the message of the Scripture today. God walks with you. God walks with you through the storms of life. I brought you a visual. I want to try to um, help you imagine what this looks like in your life and in the life of the people you love. So I brought a graph. So take a look at this graph, and um, remember with me um, the horizontal line and and the vertical line in the graph, okay? Do you remember this? Okay, the horizontal line is the x-axis, right? And the vertical line is what? The y-axis. And some of you are having flashbacks right now, right? you're like, oh, no, not again. Trust me, this is not going to be painful. It's going to be good. Okay, so imagine on this graph, this is your life, okay? And this is what resilience looks like in your life. So let the x-axis represent time. And from left to right is is a span of time uh, that could be hours or days or weeks or or whatever it is for your life or your situation. Okay, then let the y-axis represent stress. And the higher up you go, the more stress you have in your life, and, and the lower it goes, the less stress you have in your life. Okay, now, notice this is not the disruption. This is not the hardship. This is how you live through the disruption or the hardship. So in other words, what I want to suggest to you is, you know, the hardship might be incredibly intense way up here, but your stress level might not be up there. Maybe it's down here because of the way you are managing and dealing with what is happening in your life. Okay, so something stressful happens, a disruption, there's hardship in your life, and maybe it looks like this. So it enters into your life, and it's a a disruption, and maybe it's a small disruption, like you hit every red light on Timberlake Road, right, when you're going down the street. Or maybe it's a big disruption, like you get a diagnosis that terrifies you, or someone you love is, is sick or hurting, or someone you care about dies. And what often we see is the stress level, maybe take a really brief dip. And that, I think, is when we deny that this is happening, right? We say, well, no, this, this can't be happening. And we pretend, we ignore, we, we put it to the side. But pretty quickly, as we begin to accept reality, uh, we realize, okay, this is heavy, this is hard, and our stress level goes up, doesn't it? It goes up and up and up. And doctors and psychologists who have studied these things can tell us that stress does terrible things to our lives, doesn't it? It's hard on your heart. It's hard on your vital organs. It's hard on your relationships, on your ability to get things done. Stress is an incredible, incredible factor in our lives. Now, at some point, hopefully, there's a peak, there's a climax, and then the stress level begins to come back down again. At some point, the the storm peaks, your stress peaks, and then eventually subsides, hopefully comes down to a reasonable, manageable level. Now, here's where your faith comes in in this framework, okay? Resilience in this framework looks like minimizing the stress level and minimizing the duration, the time that you are living with this anxiety, depression, whatever it is going on in your heart and in your life. So resilience means lowering the intensity. What would it look like to bring the stress level down? Now notice, not the intensity of the storm, because you and I can't change that. What we can change is the intensity of our stress response. So lowering the intensity is resilience, and then also shortening the duration so that it takes less time for me to move through this process, and I can come through on the other side healthy and in a good place mentally and spiritually. Now, here's what I want to suggest to you today. Um, Kids are often very good at this compared to adults. Have you noticed this? Kids are resilient. Kids are resilient. I think that's the way God creates us, is that when we are young, we are resilient. Now, as we launch into this sort of part of the sermon, here's my disclaimer. When we say kids are resilient, that is not an excuse for us to neglect the emotional and spiritual needs of kids, okay? So please don't go around saying you have to be resilient because Pastor Brad said, no. What we're, we're trying to complement children and learn from children and learn from the constitution with which we are made and created by God, that it's not an accident that, that God makes us when we're young to be resilient. And something happens in our lives as we get older, as we age, that I think we become generally less resilient. So what happens? Well, life becomes more complex, right, as, as you age. Uh, you develop more responsibilities, right? Uh, most kids don't have to pay the mortgage or worry about health insurance. But as adults, these are things we are concerned with. Also, notice how as you age, as you become an adolescent and an adult, you, uh, you grow in a sense of agency, of individualism. You, you distinguish yourself from other people and you become your own person. And that's, that's a very good process. That's part of being human. But the shadow side of that is, as I become an individual and I can now manage my life and put in my life what I want, I start to structure it according to the, uh, the kingdom of Brad, right? And say, well, I'd like to drive this car and live in this neighborhood. And I want to hang out with these people, but not these people over here, right? We all manage our lives and we set it up just the way we want until something happens to disrupt or change. And we say, whoa, whoa, that's not what I want at all, right? And that's very disruptive. And we get all bent out of shape, whereas with children, you know, something changes. They might have a moment, but then somehow they're like moving right on to the next thing, right? And I believe that's the way God has made us. Um, So, for example, if you took a child this afternoon, you tell that child, hey, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to build an igloo. How would that child respond to you? Yes, awesome, great. Let's get started, right? Now, you said they'll have the same conversation with an adult. What are they going to say to you? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not snowing. I've only got an availability between 315 and 345. Is the igloo going to have Wi-Fi? Because if not, I'm not interested in this project. Uh, so, friends, notice resilience is something that uh, God puts in us when we are children, and we can either encourage it, cultivate it, or we can neglect it. And so when we surround ourselves with people who are warm and loving and and with environments that are predictable and and steady, we can learn to trust, right? And when you put a child in an environment like that, that child learns to trust. That child learns to um, step out in risk, step out in faith, and to live with an awareness that things are good and right, Um, even when life is difficult. I think this is why Jesus commends a childlike faith. I think this is why Jesus encourages us that if we want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to do it as a child because children um, understand that there is awe and wonder to experience in the world Uh, because children understand they, they surrender their will regularly, don't they? Aren't we always kind of telling kids what to do? And they say, okay, that's their job, right? To do what mom and dad say. And yet when we get to be an adult, we kind of say, oh, you can't tell me what to do. But Jesus says, oh, no, no, Your Heavenly Father. His job is to tell you what to do. You surrender, childlike faith, childlike faith. So one real way to build resilience, friends, is to learn from children, to cultivate a childlike faith, to cultivate a deep trust in your Heavenly Father, to learn to go with the flow of life. Here's a second way to build resilience. Learn to be like a buffalo. Learn to be like a buffalo. I learned this recently. Um, Apparently, this is true. Um, Bison and cattle are similar in many ways. Um, They both have horns. They both have hooves. They both uh, graze and eat grass, you know, in a pasture or a prairie. They both taste delicious. (laughs) Put between two buns and with a slice of cheddar cheese. You ever had a bison burger? Oh, man, it's good. It's good. But cows and buffalo are very different in one really important way, and that is how they face the storms. Okay, so when a storm comes over the horizon, this is what a cow does. The cow's eating the grass, you know, chilling in the pasture. Here comes a storm. You know what a cow does? Walks away from the storm. Here comes the storm. I'm walking away. I'm the cow walking away, right? Now notice the effect of walking away from the storm. The storm's coming behind me. Well, the storm's faster than the cow, right? So now the storm is over the cow and the cow's still walking and the storm is moving. Now they're moving in the same direction. What is the effect of walking in the same direction of the storm? You're prolonging the experience of the storm, right? And so inadvertently, the cow now is in the storm for longer. Well, here's what the buffalo does. When the storm comes, you know what the buffalo does? Turns and faces the storm. Look at the face of the bison. It's all hairy, right? It's like full and big. And, you know, God made these, these buffalo to have like snow plows on the front, and they'll like push their face through the snow. They will face the storm, and they'll face it head on. Okay, so what's the effect of that? Well, the effect is, man, you get the storm right in the face. That is, that is startling, isn't it? It's, it's disarming. It's difficult. But if the buffalo's walking this way and the storm's going that way, now what's the effect? Now I'm shortening. Now the buffalo is shortening his experience of the storm by going straight into it, by being willing to take it head on. And so it is with you. And so it is with us, friends. When we walk away, run away from the storm, often that storm will catch up to us sooner or later, and the effect of us trying to escape it is that it actually somehow prolongs it and makes it worse. But being willing to face it head on with faith, to be willing to go straight into it, not confident in ourselves, but confident in the Lord who brings us through the storm, the effect is actually it's not as bad as it otherwise would be. Take one more look with me at Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. I'm going to pause right here for a second because I want to ask you, is there a Bible story or stories that come to mind when the prophet says, when you pass through the waters, God will be with you? What comes to mind? Moses and Red Sea. Absolutely. So the story goes, friends, that Moses and the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, And Moses confronted the Pharaoh and said, God says, let my people go. And the Pharaoh was like, no way, man. I love all this free labor. Thank you very much. And so God sent the plagues, nine plagues, and to try to persuade Pharaoh to let the people go, uh, frogs and locusts and the river of blood. And finally the Pharaoh was like, okay, they can leave. And then he was like, actually, I changed my mind. No, you can't leave. And then so God sent the tenth plague, the Passover. And the Spirit of God passed over the land and struck down the firstborn Egyptian from every household. But the Israelite households were spared because their houses were marked with the blood of the Lamb. And so finally the Pharaoh said, okay, get out of here. And the Israelites were released, and they began to flee for their lives. They're running away from Egypt. But now they come and they stand at their next obstacle. They're standing at the edge of the Red Sea. They're standing at the edge of the Red Sea. So think about this. The Israelites were slaves. They're running away. By the way, in the meantime, Pharaoh has changed his mind again. And so the the Egyptian army is now chasing the Israelites to try to either capture them or kill them, right? So if you're an Israelite, that's your choices. You're going to be captured or killed by the Egyptian army, or you're somehow going to uh, get across, get through this Giant body of water. Do you know how big the Red Sea is? It's massive, friends. It is 1,400 miles long and 220 miles wide. The average depth is 1,600 feet. The maximum depth is 10,000 feet. Okay, so two miles down to the bottom of the Red Sea. It takes about as much surface area on the face of the earth as does California. Okay, so imagine that you're fleeing the, um, the Egyptian army. And you're standing, let's say, at the east coast of the edge of California. And you're like, all right, all got to do to be saved is walk across California, which is underwater, <laughs> right? And I don't even know if you know how to swim. Do the Israelites know how to swim? Uh, maybe, maybe not. And so here they are. This is the scariest moment of your life. You're standing at the edge of this huge body of water. An army is chasing you down to either capture you or kill you. And in their worst moment, God speaks. God speaks to Moses. He said, Moses, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand and divide the water. And the children of Israel shall walk across on dry ground. And Moses did. And God did, and the Israelites did, and they went on to the promised land. Friends, God walks with you. God walks with you. God is in the storm with you. God is in the raging river with you. God is in the fire with you. Some of you have been through hard times in your life. Uh, Some of you are going through hard times right now. Um, one of my favorite people in this world is uh, Abby. Some of you know Abby is a second grader in our church, and uh, she has a cancerous tumor in her neck. And uh, we are praying mightily for Abby. And uh, some of us are wearing this uh, pink bracelet. I was at her house a couple weeks ago, and she gave me a pink bracelet. And then she said, uh, "Now, Pastor Brad, do you uh, do you have a mom?" I said, "I have a mom." And she's okay, this one's for your mom. And she said, do you, uh, do you have uh, kids? I said, yeah, I've got two kids. Okay, these are for your kids. So she sent me home with these pink bracelets to share. And uh, I think they've got some more. Do you have some more of these to share? Yeah, so the family has more if you want to get one to, to wear it. And um, I was talking to Amy this week, and um, she said, I'm so grateful for this church to surround us and my daughter with this love and compassion. and Friends, I want you to understand every little gesture of kindness, every casserole that you bake and and every visit that you make and every card that you send and every prayer that you pray, all of it adds up. It all adds up to be the presence of God for a family who is in desperate need of the presence of God right now. And so I'm challenging you and calling on you as people who love Jesus and love Abby Let's be there for this family. Let's love them. Let's surround them with care so that they can know the presence of God with them. We love you all very much, so much. Friends, as a pastor, you know, when when you're going through a hard time, I I don't want to say to you, oh, it's fine, you know what, because it might not be fine, and I'm not going to say to you, "Eh, it's no big deal. Because it might be a really big deal what you are going through. So instead, what I'm going to say to you is, I'm sorry that you are going through such a hard time, but I want you to know that God is with you. God, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, walks with you. Thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. Let God's people say amen.